What's up, everybody? I'm JJ John J. Stramski. And I'm Jason Goff. And if you haven't heard, The Ringer has gone local. I'm bringing the fire. I'm bringing the rain from the Big Apple with my show, New York, New York. And I'm repping Chi-Town with my new show, The Full Go on All Things Chicago. We've got episodes three nights a week with all the reaction to the local teams and guests. Plus bonus episodes around all the big games and storylines. So whether you're uptown, downtown, in the burbs, or a transplant. Make sure you follow New York, New York, and The Full Go on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ring of Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Korolbeck, and today we are doing Power Hour where we rank something every week. And today we are ranking the fantasy football players who have most disappointed us, failed us, mm. whatever. Frustrated. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, we're You're not mad. We're just disappointed. <laughs> right. right. We're like parents. Exactly. Well, I'm actually a parent. We just think, you know. No, no big deal. No big the, deal, Craig. The behavior, you know, we expected <laughs> more, but it's okay. It's not like your fault. It's just we, you know, really, we should just lower our expectations. That's really what we're talking about here. Yeah, it's like the Peter. Yeah, honestly, I gotta, I gotta tell you, it feels phenomenal if you don't have any uh, expectations for anybody. Yeah, these guys are the guys who you drafted as Globo Jim, but are now average Joes. <laughs> yeah, that's the the one thing about Dodgeball that movie is just like when he's like, "Yeah, I have no expectations." I'm like, you know, kind of. That's so enticing. It's pretty kinda good. Slightly nihilist, I think. None of this matters. Why we care? You know. But anyway, without further ado, let's just get into it. Okay, Craig's going to have, you're going to hear this sound when we're done talking about a player. Well, the ding will suggest we should stop talking about the player. We'll see if we actually can hold to the the power hour, but we're going to do it. I'm going to, we're going to get back on like actually moving on with the timer. I'm back on. We're, we'll see. We're cracking it today. We're doing it. We're averaging like, like it's every two minutes the timer goes, but we're averaging like two minutes and 35 seconds. Well, these are my rankings today. So I'm, <laughs> we're, we're, we're sticking with it. Okay. So I Listen, did the part rankings. of the interruption wasn't built in a week. Okay. It took a while. Okay. So these are my rankings. So if you think that I have left someone out or ordered them wrong, uh, Craig and DK can just yell at me if they think that might. Rankings are wrong. To clarify, Mr. Heifetz, so uh, you've ranked these in order of 1 through 12, not by position in the 1 through 12, like <laughs> right, DK I did last DK time? Did. No, I just, I ordered them vaguely and like, how disappointed are you? Jeez. Just, you guys already <laughs> tore my list to shreds and you have to bring it back up. <laughs> it's never over. <laughs> did you guys see what Stephen A. Smith did today where he ranked like the top five teams in the NFL and left out like the Chiefs and the Bucks and the Bills? <laughs> hey, look, it's it happens. It happens to the best of us. I've definitely no, but done that's power how you rankings. Make a list. You make a list intentionally <laughs> wrong. That's what I should right. have done. I should have made it intentionally wrong. Was it off the cuff or was it like a pre-planned list? Oh, they had a graphic and everything. But it's oh, like that's oh the, my god. Every oh, time I'm in a group oh, chat dear. with my friends and they drop in a list like that, I just write like this. I copy and paste the same sentence, and I'm like, uh, the lists are purposely wrong to create engagement and make you mad. Yeah, and that's why Stephen A. Smith's the go. Anyway, I wish I'd done that. I, my list is perfect, <laughs> so you guys want to okay. get mad about. So let's, let's just get into it. The most frustrating fantasy player of the 2021 season through three weeks is number one. I got Allen Robinson. Wow. Bears receiver. I, again, he's got 86 receiving yards this year. That ranks 108th among all players. Tied with Austin Hooper. I was just looking up. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to look up where he ranks out, where Allen Robinson ranks in the PPR ranks. The page I was on went to 100 <laughs> and you had to click onto the next page and I still couldn't find him. 
he's at he is right now the right with the wide receiver 66 he's tied with freddie swain of the seahawks <laughs> wow where'd you guys draft freddie swain this year uh he wasn't on my top targets list 24.6 ppr what is happening this so, can't be right right i saw a stat that last week he had 33 percent target share so 33 percent of the targets went to him 29 percent of his passes were deemed catchable Really tough for Allen Robinson. This is the Ugh. worst it's ever been, and he's had a lot of shitty quarterbacks. He's at rock bottom. It's like the darkest before the dawn. And the funniest <laughs> part was ESPN does these articles behind their paywall where they just ask like the beat writers with the team, like, what's going on with this guy? And the Bears writer, Jeff Dickerson, wrote, I wish I could tell fantasy managers relying on Robinson that brighter days are on the horizon, but I don't know that to be true. Wow. And I literally read that and I just thought about the vampire song from Sarah Marshall. Getting very hard to believe that things were. <laughs> oh, get that's what this better. episode is. Yeah. It's the vampire it's song. It's the vampire episode. song, guys. So I think this is the correct number one overall ranking here for the most frustrating player. I mean, can you imagine everyone just like uh, uh, we're discussing the team that Fields comes up and Fields is obviously bad last week and, and everyone's just like, wow, that was the worst game plan I've ever seen from a head coach. <laughs> Like that's, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's like not much hope. And yeah, so tough for Alan Robinson. And if you have him, uh, I would touch up on Sarah Marshall and your vampire songs. Okay. <laughs> Number two, the second most frustrating fantasy player through three weeks. I got AJ Brown for the Titans. Yeah. Cause he had, he had even more hype than Alan Robinson around him. Yes. And I think honestly, for good reason, he's a really good player. Uh, however, and I, Craig, I think you said this last week. It's like he's one of the more boom bust guys in fantasy. It feels like, you know, he's a big play threat. The the Titans' offense is a little bit hit and miss here and there. Um, I don't know. Do you guys feel that's going to get better? Obviously, right now he's got the injury that he's dealing with, the hamstring, injury. and he's week to week with that. That's the thing. It's not only does he have two fantasy, or sorry, six fantasy points in the last two weeks. But now he's got the week-to-week hamstring where any given, like, because he came out of the game after, I don't know how many, five snaps or whatever it was, but he got you the point one points. But now it's like, that could happen at any given week. He could he could pull up in the first quarter and goose egg you. you he could play a whole game, and then you get the, oh, like, he's not 100%. He was like a decoy. Like, it's, the, it's the most annoying thing, the week-to-week hamstring with your star receiver, on top of the, did you just kind of get the jokes on you, the Titans offense isn't that good anymore. It's kind of, it's really honestly a huge gut check looking at the rankings right now because I I haven't really done this. I haven't looked through and like individually seen like, oh yeah, this is who's ahead of this guy. This is who is ahead of this guy. I'm I'm still like more focused on snap rate and all this stuff. Freddie Swain is also above AJ Brown on the total PPR list. Uh, AJ Brown is exactly four spots below Allen Robinson. Uh, Some players of note that are, that have scored more PPR points than AJ Brown this year include. Deontay Harris from the Saints. Oh my God. Khalif Raymond from the Lions. Did you Stunned. know that he was on the Lions? Um, Quez Watkins, Van Jefferson of the Jets. Do you want me to keep going? Kendrick Bourne, Braxton Berrios, Jalen Rager. I think the frustrating part, the reason this is so much worse, is that you, if you had AJ Brown, you might have had a shot at DK Metcalf or Justin Jefferson, and you oh, don't have them. Yeah. So that sucks. Or, or Keenan Allen. Can I just say one quick thing here? Uh, I don't know what it's been, but it, for some reason, I've never been quite into A.J. Brown. There's always been something about him. It's like on paper, it all checks out. He's too for muscular. For some reason, I'm never into him. Too big. If you look at Mike Williams' uh, first three seasons and A.J. Brown's first three seasons, they're not like crazy different. Just want to throw it out there. <laughs> so wait, this means that you're going to love A.J. Brown because you love Mike Williams. I want it known that I was not the one who disrespected the timer. I, had not, I, I ended this perfectly on time. Who cares? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just saying, AJ Brown has had he, for, he had 50 catches, a thousand yards in his first season, and then he had a thousand yards again in his second season. He had 11 touchdowns. Like Mike Williams had a thousand yards, he had 10 touchdowns. Like AJ Brown is not tearing the cover off the ball, as they say in baseball. I think we're all so excited about what he could be more than what he actually has. Been. There are guys like that where you're just wish casting, and I think AJ Brown fell into that category this year. However, hold on, are we are we so are we out on AJ Brown for the rest of the year, or are we just like bummed out about no, how it's gone so far? No, I don't think you should be. Realistically, we're just bummed. The yeah. Second week two, he dropped like four balls that would have been like sixty yards, and then week three he got hurt immediately. And he's if he's healthy again, he'll probably be all right. Don't yeah, freak yeah. out. Okay, number three. I'm just bundling these two. Like, like, uh, should I mention other streaming services? Since we work for a streaming service, I probably shouldn't. Uh, how about how about uh, progressive insurance? Just bundle. Yeah, yeah. we're just gonna bundle. Bu- quick bundle. Okay. Anyway, I'm bundling three and four here. 
I don't know what that's going to do to a timer. But the third and fourth most frustrating <laughs> fantasy players, I'm pairing Trey Sermon and Brandon Ayuk together. Just the 49ers. <laughs> the Shanahan yeah. experience is the third and fourth most frustrating thing. You could make the case this is number one. I, I the, the reason I did not was because the, the the first two guys were drafted so much higher. That was my main reason. Oh yeah, but these guys yeah. literally didn't even play. That's the thing in week one. So you if you drafted Trey Sermon, you're like, okay, you know what? He might not have the job immediately. Like you know, it might be a little tough in the beginning. Well, let me tell you, inactive in week one, week two he gets one carry in the fourth quarter and gets a concussion on that one carry, and then week three when he was literally just forced into the starting job. Because the other 49er running backs were all hurt. And he's the only one that's been healthy and on the team for like more than two weeks. Kyle Shanahan decides to give Kyle Juszczyk the... Like, you got to listen to Sunday Night Football. Chris Collinsworth just gushing about Kyle Juszczyk while Trey Sermon had negative yards at halftime. Like, negative. <laughs> he got bailed out by a touchdown in the fourth quarter. But if you have Trey Sermon, you were probably watching negative yardage in the first half. He didn't even get the first carry of the game. The first carry of the game went to Kyle Juszczyk. Like, are you kidding? <laughs> Do you guys want to know why Kyle Shanahan is in the burn book and why, like, the perfect distillation of why you're bundling two 49ers players here today? I saw this from Eric Branch uh, from the San Francisco Chronicle. Per Elias, the 49ers are the first team since the NFL merger, so since 1970, to have 11 different players score the first 11 touchdowns of a season. 11, and none of those players, mind you, are George Kittle. We're George Kittle. <laughs> 11 <laughs> different fucking players. This is the, like, definition of a fantasy nightmare. This is Oh, I thought nightmare. you were going to say, this is the dumbest team in the league right now. I thought that's what you were going to say. The dumbest <laughs> fantasy team in the league. Well, I mean, that's pretty much what I'm saying. Yes. Uh, it's just so annoying because it's like you cannot, you can never get, like, you literally can't, guess where production's coming next who like who could they throw out there next is this week trenton cannon time so jacques patrick i'm yeah, curious what you guys think because i think sermon i actually think is legit like not gonna get work anytime soon and i'm ready to like abandon ship i you could think will be all right so are you again zero catches zero yards week one one catch six yards week two 40 yards in a touchdown week three now you gotta figure out if you can play him or not i think I I actually I think Brandon Ayuk will very quickly be back in this lineup and like back to being good. Like here, here's the deal about Ayuk that I like. He's really felt like good. tough love. He's really good. Shanahan. Like Ayuk is he was incredible as a rookie. Um, the sermon thing, I'm like he's a low enough draft pick and he's been so hit or miss so far that it's like I could see Shanahan just being like, look, we're gonna do other shit right here. We're not going to you. Um, he hasn't been good enough to be like they need to play this guy. Like Ayuk to me is so good that they sort of need to play him. And I think it's gonna that's gonna like bear out ultimately. And then he's gonna continue to play. I mean, last week he played 60 snaps. He ran a route on 44 out of 48 dropbacks at six targets. So ultimately at the end of the day, I think it's this is like the beginning of like Ayuk time. I don't I don't know if I necessarily trust him uh this week per se, but I think he's trending in the direction of being like the guy that we thought he was gonna be. Okay. Number five most frustrating fantasy football player of 2021 so far is Jonathan Taylor, Colts running back. This one snuck up on me. I like didn't really, when I saw this, I was like, really? And then I kind of dug into his numbers and I was like, damn, yeah, he really has been disappointing. He is yeah. the RB29. He is one spot ahead of Mike Davis. You, that's, God, that's so funny. I was literally going to say, if He's you look ahead. at their numbers, wow. he, he, is, he kind of just is Mike Davis. He gets like it's the same 15... Stats. Touches a game and Cordero Patterson is the same as Naeem Hines and it's just like a yeah. split and he's like, whatever. It's a really good comparison. It's a very similar situation. <laughs> so I kind of laid this out <laughs> on the last episode, but the problem is with, with Taylor is he's got a Naheem Hines issue in, in terms of like what they're doing, their, their roles in this team. Naheem Hines is the long down and distance guy. He's a two-minute guy. That eliminates him from a lot of the very good pass-catching opportunities. Um, and then the other problem, which I think is probably going to change. So like the Naheem Hines thing's not going away. The other issue he's having that will go away is touchdowns. He's not scoring touchdowns, even though he should be scoring touchdowns because he's getting opportunities to score touchdowns. I saw this actually, Ian Hardis from PFF tweeted this. Most pl the players with most touches without a touchdown this year, Heifetz, your guy, Funk Davis, 50, Jonathan Taylor, mm. 50. So they've, oh they've both touched the ball 50 times, haven't scored. That's going to change. We're going to yes, see more production. It will. So I, I wouldn't worry too much. Again, it's like it's an expectations thing. I think Jonathan Taylor, at least the way they're using him now, and at least the way 
the Colts are playing now. Like if the Colts suddenly get really good and start winning games and having to like bleed out the clock in the second half or whatever, Jonathan Taylor's role is going to change. But at this pace, you got Jonathan Taylor kind of in that like high end RB two range. Like they'll, it's really just like Josh Jacobs kind of deal. Um, and so you know that's definitely not what we were hoping from for him. But I think it's going to change. I think he's going to get better. He's going to find the end zone, and I'm not panicking on him yet. If I told you before the season Mike Davis would just be Jonathan Taylor through three weeks, I think uh, everyone would be like, wow, Danny was really smart. <laughs> Seriously. Dude, it's all about setting expectations. Exactly. You got you to gotta use this stat Set more. Set be as good as one. the guys ahead of him. He scored uh, more than Mike Davis? Uh, that is, or, sorry, Mike Davis has scored more than him. That's pretty great. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's, uh, everyone's really happy with me for that one. Okay. All right. Number six most disappointing fantasy football player so far. It's Robert Woods. Yeah. Uh, RIP to us. Yeah. This is tough because I was definitely on Stafford. I was definitely on Cup. But ultimately, I decided to focus a lot on Robert Woods in the preseason. It's like, because we were just basically like, look, we, it's going to be one of these one of these guys or both of these guys. I don't know how to rank them. And I'm talking about Cup or Woods. Um, and so far, it's been Cup is like the superstar freak. And Robert Woods has just been a forgotten soul on this offense. He's not well, really getting That's what happens when you don't get breakfast with Matthew Stafford. I know. I didn't think it's going to be that big of a deal that they're not like best friends by now. Um, but here's the deal, you know, and honestly, like, I don't know, this is not going to happen, but Cooper Cup is on pace for 28 touchdowns this year. Like this would be an all time NFL record. Like he, he's going to have, if he keeps this pace up, he's going to set every record in the receiver book. It seems like, you know, in terms of one season, um, I don't really think that's going to happen. I think we're going to see more regression to the mean in terms of the way that they spread the ball out in this offense. I think that Robert Woods, he's still running a lot of routes. I think he's run routes on 88% of the team's dropouts so far. That's like a really good rate. He's still out there. You know, he's still doing his job. It's not like they're completely phasing him out of the offense. It's just, for whatever reason, Stafford is just like freaking it in love with Cup because of this breakfast dates that they're having. So, Craig, um, you said Robert Woods was Cinderella. And so is this, do we have to context here? This is the part of Cinderella where she just got announced she can't come to the ball and all the sisters are dancing and Cooper Cup is the stepsister dancing. Yeah. But Robert Woods is about to get invited and it's the bylaw window. Yeah, we're just halfway through the story. We're just halfway through the fairy tale right now. <laughs> yes. Listen, Cinderella had great underlying stats just as all the, uh, <laughs> just as Robert Woods did. She ran a lot of routes. I really do think. Uh, yeah, her target rate, really high. You will be out of the woods soon for, for Bobby. Wow. Okay. Number seven most disappointing fantasy player so far, it's Calvin Ridley, receiver for the Falcons. Yeah. Quiet, because it's like, he hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been good. Like, he hasn't had more than 65 yards yet. He, if you have him, you probably, you very well took him in like the second round or spent a lot of money on him. He just hasn't been that guy for you. He's not an alpha receiver. He's, I mean, he hasn't, I don't think he's had a memorable play. He's had like one touchdown. He hasn't had a lot of points. It just, the whole Falcons offense is jumbled. Again, Mike Davis, 50 touches, no scores. Calvin Ridley has one touchdown. Kyle Pitts hasn't had double digits. Like the whole Falcons offense is just like looking for answers. <laughs> yeah, I was it, it's like really the opposite of what we thought Arthur Smith would do to this team. It's yeah. almost like he's disrupted where they were. Heifetz, can I throw a stat at you? I was shocked to see this. I was actually shocked. The Falcons right now, after three weeks, are dead last in offensive DVOA per Football Outsiders. That's, That's worse than the Bears. That's worse than the Jets. That's worse than the Jaguars. The worst. For context with DVOA, is, it's like the best offensive stat we have. It's It's context. So it's like, Five yards in third and ten is useless, but right. five yards in third and three is great. So if you actually adjust for context, the Falcons are the worst offense. That's great to hear. The one stat on that note, PK, of why does <laughs> Calvin really suck? I was kind of looking into this. So the deep routes for the Falcons are gone, or the deep throws to the Falcons are gone, and the intermediate throws are gone. Matt Ryan, mm. his average pass is traveling less than every single quarterback's average pass in the NFL except Andy Dalton. Matt Ryan ranks 32nd in the distance of his average pass. So, so they're just dot? not throwing downfield yeah. at all. So if that comes back, then Calvin Ridley will come it's back. I, I can't say I'm... I don't want to be like, oh, panic, sell Calvin Ridley or trade him. Or, but like, 
No, don't. Hold on. He's getting ridiculous yeah. target numbers still. And it's all about, you're right, Heifetz. It's the deep ball. He's seeing six yards of target this year. He saw 10 last year. Like, that's the difference. It'll come back. But it has to. It'll come back. They're not the worst offense. They will improve. No. Yeah. They're going to, they're definitely, I think they're going to, I mean, look, there's only one way to go, and that's up. Yeah. <laughs> Stefan so. Diggs is the same way. Number eight most disappointing fantasy player. This guy could be higher or lower, but I have him at eight. Clyde Edwards Hilaire for the Chiefs. Yeah. He had a good week three. Having said that, he still fumbled. So even though he had 100 yards on the dot, he still is somehow making his job security a thing. And then also, he, I mean, we, he's like the, Clyde is the real life SpongeBob meme where Squidward is in the window looking at SpongeBob and Patrick playing outside. Like SpongeBob <laughs> is Tyreek Hill and Patrick is, is Travis Kelsey. And week one is just, they're, they're like 50 points combined and they're like, yay. And then Clyde is like inside just watching them. He has like eight points. Clyde had three points in week two with like 14 yeah. carries for the Chiefs. How do you even do that? Yeah. You fumble. You fumble. He's just not a special player. Is, he's, is he a sell Is he a sell high because he like had a decent game right now? Like, Are you just like trying to pawn him off on anybody that'll take him at this point? Well, it depends how, how much you treat, how much you trust like week-to-week stats. Like if you look at, we've been saying underlying numbers a lot, mm-hmm. but if you look at the underlying numbers of week three, that's pretty good. He like became, like I think the big problem with Clyde was like he was essentially Jonathan Taylor. He would just get first and second down work. That's kind of it. Last week, it kind of changed. He played in the two-minute drill. He played on like the third and long stuff. He like took over for Daryl Williams in that regard. So maybe yeah. the tides are turning and for whatever reason, Clyde is going to become more of a three-down type of guy. I think you hold on him, but he's certainly not exciting. He's somehow incredibly unexciting on the Chiefs. Yeah. I, so, yeah, I think the thing that we were so excited about when when he got taken in the first round, you know, you're attached to Patrick Mahomes, you're in a uh, Andy Reid offense, which in the past has produced really high-end numbers for running backs because they use them in the passing game. But also the the sample size is really small of those offenses with Patrick Mahomes, right? Like, it's basically Kareem Hunt had an amazing season, but Kareem Hunt is clearly a very good, awesome runner. Um, and with Mahomes, honestly, like, he's pushing the ball downfield so much. It's like he doesn't even really care about Clyde like Clyde has five targets in three games he has five targets in three games so he's the ugly stepsister in the offense I mean that and and honestly look this could change because I think that your point is correct that he's playing in the situations that typically are like very advantageous for for picking up some receiving work but like just so far man it's just not been there like the receiving work has not been there he hasn't been a good enough runner to like make up for it he's not Jonathan Taylor clearly um so I really don't know where I stand on this. I'm I'm almost just like sell because I think the upside isn't really there. But also I think that he's going to have a, a more solid floor going forward than he, we've seen the first couple weeks. He just did the only thing we didn't expect, which is he's boring. Yeah, it is <laughs> weird. Cardinal sin. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Number nine, number nine most frustrating fantasy player through three weeks. Disappointing. I got Robert Tunyon. <laughs> yeah. Eh, I don't know about this. I, I, I could quibble with the ranking, but it, basically it's like he has a one point game and then a touchdown and then he has another one point game. So this is what he did last year too. By the time you're starting him in your lineups, he'd already scored like eight touchdowns. You're like, okay, I guess I finally have to start him. But then like the next week he doesn't, has, doesn't have a catch. It's a gamble. It's like tight end is the most touchdown dependent position, and Tunyon is the most tight end, touchdown p- dependent. I can't speak. He's the <laughs> most touchdown dependent player at a touchdown yeah. dependent position, and it's you drafted him just high enough. You probably don't want to cut him, and he is Aaron Rodgers. So you don't want to cut him, but like 
man, kind of sucks. The, you know, on the, that whole like seven to 11 range in the tight ends this year where you drafted them, they're all not working out. Noah Fant's been really kind of disappointing. Uh, the both Patriots tight ends haven't done anything. Oof. The only the only guy who's been okay is Higby, and he even had a down week. The week, so it, it's kind of just like the non top three tight ends. I'll just lump in the Pats tight ends too. I, I have both of them because we have had three weeks of the Johnny Smith Hunter Henry experience. So three weeks, that's six performances. Neither of them have more than seven points. There's no touchdowns. I mean, they're unreliable. They're disappointing, and we all wanted them to be this redux of like Gronk and Hernandez, right? And like they suck. The whole offense sucks. The Pats are forcing running 12 personnel. They're, they're essentially forcing themselves to have both these tight ends on the field because they paid so much for them. But apparently, they're way better offensively when they're when only one is on the field. But they're kind of refusing to do that because I think they were like, well, hey, I spent this money. It's like when you buy a shirt you hate that was too much money and you're like, well, I got to wear it. <laughs> wow. Shirt. I wish I wasn't wearing this fucking shirt. <laughs> Look, Johnny Smith... Over the well, she didn't pay for those two fucking tight ends. <laughs> she coming over this way, um, <laughs> man. I think so. A lot of people thought Johnny Smith was going to be the guy this year because he's more athletic, he's more dynamic, he's good at the yards after the catch thing. None of this is really bearing out because his route rate is really bad. I mean, in, in last week, so and again, this is from Dwayne McFarland from PFF does an awesome utilization report. 70%. So Hunter Henry ran around on 70% of uh, Mac Jones's dropbacks. That's a pretty good number. Huh. Johnny Smith was blocking on 74% of his dropbacks. He only ran around on 26% of his of the dropbacks. That's not going to cut it. That's like droppable numbers. Now, his numbers were slightly higher in weeks one and two, 45 and then 40% route rate, but this is still very bad route rate. This is He's basically turned into a blocker slash fullback for them. I mean, I think you can drop John Smith. I mean, uh, yeah, what's the he's he's droppable at this point. I mean, if that changes dramatically in the future, like go back and pick him up. But he's not going to be a big enough part of this passing game to be worth. It's like worse than this. Uh, it's worse than this Tunyon situation. Who, you know, it, you're hoping for. Uh, you're hoping for a touchdown, but at least he has like you know much higher rate of routes. Like last week, Robert Tunyon ran a route on 74 percent of his dropback on, on Aaron Rodgers' dropback. So, yeah, it's rough, man. It's very rough. DK, I'm an Aristotle guy. You are what you repeatedly do. If he's blocking more than half the time, he's a he's a blocking tight end. You should have <laughs> yeah. blocking tight ends on your fantasy team. It's very yeah. simple. Okay, cut John Smith. All right, next up, I'll tell you this guy I should have had above the tight ends, but the 10th most frustrating, disappointing fantasy player so far, Miles Sanders, Eagles running back. I mean, can you imagine going into Monday Night Football and you need however many points from Miles Sanders to win you your week, and then the Eagles Ugh. give their entire backfield three carries combined? I had I have a team right now that has Miles Sanders and Clyde Edwards Alaire as my two running backs. Gotta tell you, it's Flashing. not great, Heifetz. I'm not loving it. I saw a stat from uh, PFR Pro Football Reference. I think so. They said okay. He said the Eagles ran just three running plays for running backs on Sunday Night Football. Sorry, Monday Night Football. That was the fewest carries by a team's running back in any game in our database. That's ever <laughs> well because ever oh, that actually makes sense because didn't the bucks only run like four times against the saints last year and that was like the lowest ever well of course it makes sense he had two carries and they're only their options are one and zero <laughs> <laughs> well so uh to be clear jalen hurts carried the ball a few times but like in, for, in terms of running back carries three fewest ever all that time database goes back very ridiculous far. ridiculous <laughs> uh that's not winning football i mean i hate to say it because i love when teams pass a lot but you got to run more than that. You got to do it. <laughs> Establish that run. So I, I actually think Miles Sanders is like a buy low though, because there's like a ninety percent chance the person who has him regrets drafting him and like doesn't really want him anymore. But Eagles played well in week, against the Falcons in Week One. Sanders did fine. Then the Forty Nine ers defense is a tough matchup for them, and that was an ugly game. And then this was like a disaster game on national television. The person who has him probably watched the game and wants to pull their hair out. But, like, I kind of think Miles Sanders will be fine going forward. He's a perfectly serviceable <sighs> RB2, and you, if you can get him for cheap, I would. Or they play the Chiefs, then the Panthers, then the Bucks. If you really want to be, like, a savvy guy, wait those three games, let him suck even more, double down on him <laughs> sucking, and then by low, because the next games after that are the Raiders, the Lions, and the Chargers. I, I don't know. I be, it's a tough. I definitely want to be a savvy guy, Craig. So maybe I'm going to do that. I so, Welcome to Savvy Guy Corner. By the way, I kind of, so week one, 
we I was actually pretty excited about what Nick Sirianni was going to bring to the Eagles. They did this really interesting, you know, strategy where basically they they did what I think is good. They got Jalen Hurts into a rhythm. They made they designed a bunch of easy plays for him. He averaged like 3.4 yards a dot, so that was not great. But they were getting easy layup throws for him. Since then, that's not been the case. Like in week two, I think he was a dot went up to like 11 or something. So it was like much more difficult. And this, he's making like these sideline bombs. And by the way, his deep ball down the sideline, those those passes tend to really fall off at the end. He threw a he threw a pass early in the game that just died on the end, and they picked it off easily. Um, they need to be getting more layup passes for him. And the other thing I saw that really makes me nervous about Sirianni, zero plays with pre-snap motion last night. That's wild. Zero. Especially I mean, with just how like, college Make it easier on your offense. Be. Make it easier. Make it harder on the defense. But like the it's it's more than that. Because obviously pre-stat motion is like trendy because it confuses the defense or it changes their rules. Yeah, but it it's it also wild because the quarterbacks who don't like pre-stat motion are like Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli, old quarterbacks who can't move, who want everything static, because they don't like pre-stat motion creates information, but like the older quarterbacks don't need the information. They're like, I already know what's up. Don't worry about it. Jalen Hurts is the exact kind of quarterback that you want pre-snap motion with. Yeah. So it, it makes extra no sense. Listen, here's why I like pre-snap motion. For, well, there's many reasons, but one of them is that the guy running across the formation at the snap, you're going to slow down the pass rusher on the edge just ever so slightly if he has to respect the idea that you're going to hand it off. They, the, dude, the, the Cowboys were teeing off on Jalen Hurts. Did you guys see... Uh, Micah, Micah Parsons, like he was, he was just exploding off the edge. Just do some things schematically to help out your offense, help out your quarterback, make it slightly more difficult on the defense. Like they have to be thinking a little bit instead of just pinning their ears back. You got a rookie pass rusher who's just blowing up the edge every play. Come on. I mean, it's just pissed me off. Yeah. It's not like rocket science. It's like the defense's job. It changes based on how people align. So if at the last second before the play you change where the players are, people everyone's job is changing. That's why you yeah. want to confuse people. It's like it's not. It's, it's a thinking anyway. defense is a slow defense. Exactly. Sirianni was busy on custominc.com printing out beat Dallas t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. Oh my guy, god, was that dude, an this guy's a photo? Donkey. He's a donkey. We, we already don't know even it. have to get into uh, Mike McCarthy not calling time out before halftime. Okay, last player who I frustr- most disappointing player through um, three weeks. I got Mike Davis. Yeah. I'm going to own it. Uh, as I, I don't, I actually don't have a better stat for you than what DK said, like off the top, which is he has the most touches or tied with Jonathan Taylor for the most touches in the NFL that a touchdown tough. Obviously I have <laughs> radicalized many people listening to this podcast for Mike Davis. I will just say this. The breakdown is like kind of what we wanted. Like he's got two thirds of the snaps, two thirds of the touches. I'm going to push back on this one because I don't really think Mike Davis has been frustrating. I think the expectations, you just put the expectations on him too high. He's been I, that's basically what, I wanna, what we thought. Yeah. He's basically been what we thought he'd be. He's the RB23 right now. He's averaging 11 and a half points a game. He's not killing you. I mean, he's definitely not helping you win. No. But like, he's, he's scored more points than Saquon Barkley, Zach Moss, Miles Sanders, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Devin Singletary, Miles Gaskin, James White, like the list, Clyde Edwards Alaire. Damian Harris, That's he scored more points than all these guys. No, I think this he is has perception. Been ex- he has performed exactly as his draft position suggested, which was not the point of Heifetz's recommendation. I want right, to, I want right. to just own it because I think, I think that's fair. I'm so what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like Heifetz, it's been frustrating for you because you yes. thought he was going to be more than well, everyone else. Because a lot of people listeners have Mike Davis. It's he. The role is aligning with what I had hoped, which is that it's. He's like Miles Sanders. It's like he's like. Is it though? I thought the whole point of this was that Mike Davis was this super late round guy who was going to get every touch. He's the only guy in Atlanta. Yeah, that's not happening at all. That's kind of what I'm saying though. Is Cordell Patterson is looks better, and that is very upsetting. Yeah, but and Mike's not getting the touches we want. He he's getting 53 percent of the rushing attempts. That is exactly the opposite of what we expected. We thought he was going to get 100. Yeah, that sucks. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. It's, I mean, I think this brutal. counts. I think I, but it I counts think th- for Heifetz specifically. Mike Davis isn't frustrating to me because I was fading him all offseason. <laughs> but also because the Falcons' <laughs> offense has been brutal. As DK said, they're the worst offense in football so far. Yeah. I just yeah. did That's not. That's crazy like, to me. Did not I see that. Arthur Smith, Arthur Smith doing a killer job with Cordarell, though. 
<laughs> the thirty-year-old fucking thirty-year-old 30 former, returner. not even receiver. The thirty-year-old former returner is their best running back. Having said that, like again, we cannot. I, I will say this: we can't sit here and say, "Well, Jonathan Taylor's fifty touches without a touchdown. That's going to change." Mike Davis will score soon, and then he'll have sixteen points. It's going to happen. <laughs> He's going to score soon. Don't worry. This is our fantasy pod. He'll score soon. Just you wait. <laughs> Look, I put him so, on the score. It. Okay. So that's our top our top 12. Can I give you guys a a, a nomination and honorable mention? Yeah. He was he was too low in like ADP. Like nobody drafted him super high, so it didn't really matter. However, he was a darling as he is every year. McCall Hardman is officially like, we're done. Like <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Like <laughs> we are no longer going to talk about him anymore. The leap year never came. Everybody else, Pringle, Robinson, now they got Josh Gordon, like. This guy was taken before Marvin Jones, Marquise Brown, a bunch of other dudes. Like we're, I, we, we can all collectively, we have been disappointed enough. Oh, I sorry, I thought you meant in the actual draft. He was taken before DK Metcalf in the draft, by the way. Um, yeah. Oh my God, that's insane. Can you imagine DK Metcalf on the fucking Chiefs? <laughs> oh my God, that'd be that's fun. actually nuts. Yeah, Holy shit. you can play that with. Wow, that's insane. I know you can play that with that. You can play that with a lot of players, but <laughs> sure, sure, still sure. ridiculous. I'm looking at the draft right now. So AJ Brown went 51st. Miko Hardman went 56 to the Chiefs. Whiteside, our Sega Whiteside went 57. Next pick to mm. the Eagles. Paris Campbell 59 to the Colts. Wow. Andy Isabella went 62 to the Cardinals, and then 64 DK Metcalf Seahawks baby. You think Andrew Luck would have retired if DK Metcalf was on the Colts? <laughs> no. He's like, I gotta, I gotta hang out with my best friend here and do this. That would have played a factor. He would have been like, crap, I was this concerned guy's about so DK good. Metcalf. I didn't really understand why he ran three routes in college, and I didn't really think running three routes for the first two years you were in the NFL would work either. So I'm pretty sure he was my wide receiver too that year. I still loved him. He's so good, man. Two, two. I've definitely missed. Listen, I've definitely missed on some guys, but DK Metcalf was not one of my misses. Shocking. DK was like, I think DK is going to be good. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. What's the nominative determination? I had to, because of, because of science, because of psychology, I had to like DK Metcalf. It's kind of like how Buster only is like the MLB reporter, and like there's only one player like act in like his entire life who plays baseball has been named Buster, and it's Buster Posey. And he was <laughs> like, I love this guy. It's gonna be great. Buster, and then he's, Buster Posey is like incredible. The best. I'm waiting for a Craig in the NFL. There was a running back on the Bucks years ago named Craig Lumpkin, but Craig was spelled K R E G. Pronounced yeah. Craig. There was Dave Craig was the Seahawks uh, quarterback back in the day, but his spell was K too. So oh, there, was also, there was Roger Craig. Roger yeah. Craig. That's another one. Yeah. All right. But I need a first name, Craig. That's my list of the most frustrating fantasy players. So Allen Robinson, AJ Brown, Trey Sermon, Brandon Ayuk, which is really Kyle Shanahan, Jonathan Taylor, Robert Woods, Calvin Ridley, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Robert Tunyon, Miles Sanders, John Smith, Hunter Henry, and unfortunately, my guy, my beloved, Mike Davis. Those are the most frustrating players. All right, let's get to uh, DK's All-22. We had a bunch of people email us that wanted to know the record of DK's 22 leagues. This is a we good had, name. Like, thank you to everyone who emailed us. We had like seven different people be like, you should call it the All-22. It's a great name. Thank you to everyone name. who suggested that. So again, DK's in 22 leagues. DK, what was uh, how, how'd you do in your 22 leagues this week? It was a rough week in the DK All-22. Um, <laughs> not going to lie. So first of all, for some context, I started like five dynasty leagues this year, and my my uh, strategy it almost always is like the productive struggle where you take a bunch of rookies, you punt the first like year or whatever, you try and get a bunch of picks. Those teams are clearly not doing well. Uh, however, some of my good teams definitely struggled too. It was a weird week because like DeAndre Hopkins, who I've got, uh, AJ Brown, like a lot of these injuries, definitely some bad weeks. Um, I finished slightly under 500. I don't remember the exact tally, but it was like, was it 22? So I think I was like three games under 500. I, I can't even remember. But yeah, it was it was not a great week. I respect you for not just lying. Here's the deal. I'm in, I'm 3-0 and in three leagues, so I'm excited about that. Nice. I'm like, uh, and then some, statistically likely. Some of my some of my leagues, I know. Let's let's be honest. Like there is some <laughs> luck involved in fantasy. Uh, you know, like the the broken clock is right a couple times a day thing. Right, um, yeah. The broken clock is three and zero. Yeah, those three are the broken clock teams. I'm trying to remember. So there's a couple other teams that have like split standings. I'm four and two in two of those. Um, yeah, little hit, little hit, little miss. Do you name your teams? I know we talked about how you hate no. other people naming the teams, no. but you don't. I name have one any team that I've that I called Kelly's Heroes, like the old movie from the 70s or 80s or whatever. Uh, you guys probably don't remember that one. 
You have uh, one. It's like a classic. You guys gotta look that up. Don't turn this on me. You have named one of your twenty-two fantasy teams. So the rest are just Danny Kelly's team? No, they're just Danny Kelly. Actually, I, that's false. Oh. In the Ringer Fantasy Football League, Craig is a real piece of shit, and he named oh, his team Danny Kelly's team. <laughs> that was because <laughs> he knows how much I hate the naming thing. Should I change my team? I meant to do that. I and so I, I changed to mine to DK's actual real team. I bet you every single person in the Ringer League, every time they play me, genuinely think yeah. they're playing you. It's fucking annoying. Yeah, no, also, at the end of the season, no one's going to remember though. that Craig was in the league. <laughs> I don't care. It's a good bit. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, wait, I got a question. I want to dive in a little bit deeper here, DK. Hmm. What do you say, on an average week, you spend more time setting and preparing your 22 fantasy lineups or parenting your child? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a wash. It's a wash. <laughs> Actually, to be honest what? with you, like a lot of my teams are dynasty leagues, and so there's not a ton of like waiver wire there's stuff still to do. Stuff, yeah, but right? setting lineups takes like three seconds <laughs> it's fine it's not that big of a deal i don't actually spend a ton of time on waivers I, I just get so tired of doing it it's just like i don't know you know what i mean especially in dynasty leagues where the waiver wire is just really barren i don't spend a ton of time doing that i probably should do you have a set time every like is it do you get up at like you know whatever is it like oh from 8 to 9 a.m on sunday mornings is when i go through all 22 teams and make sure all the lineups are correct no that's when i'm doing green rooms with you guys oh wait, no that's nine to ten yeah, like when I'm doing do you do that it? while I'm talking to yeah, you. Yeah, I want to know this too. When do you set 22 lineups? And if there's a late breaking news thing that affects your teams, like do you know which team? Saturday night, usually. I think Saturday night, I'm usually looking at it. By the way, my kid goes to bed really early. So there's plenty of time for me to not be trying to do it while I should be parenting Craig. DK pours himself a heavy glass of scotch, sits down in yeah. front of the fire, and just sets every line. No, but a real question. Let's say that like Justin Jefferson was expected to play all week and like it's 12.50 and Adam Schefter was like, JK, he's not playing today. And you have like a lot of him. But like, do you know which teams you have Justin Jefferson on or do you have to go through 22 teams I mean, and check? Yeah, vaguely. I kind of remember. <laughs> vaguely? Here's the deal. Like, I know I know my dynasty leagues pretty well. My season-long leagues and then like the, uh, for instance, like the Scott Fishbowl. I accidentally started Deontay Johnson this week, even though he was out. So if that tells you anything, like sometimes I do lose track. Uh, there's too many leagues. There's I am in too many leagues. I admit that. <laughs> I'm glad. Here we go. DK, what would be a better use of your time and money? A babysitter for Calvin mm -hmm. or an intern to handle all your leagues? Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, man. You guys are really just like <laughs> throwing it at me well. here. Uh, first of all, I already do pay for a babysitter. It's called daycare and it's not cheap. Mm. Uh, so you need a fantasy daycare. <laughs> no, fuck that. We need the government. <laughs> to, we got the government to give us daycare. We need the government to give us interns. You guys, can you help me with my lineups? Like, come on. You know, I had an idea when I was like in college that I wanted to start a company where I manage really rich people's fantasy leagues yeah. and take a chunk of their winnings. Like if a CEO is forced to be in some league with a bunch of other big wigs and they just have no time to do it, I manage it for them and I get like 20%, 15% of the winnings. What do you guys think? I mean, I think that, yeah, it's brilliant. And you're uniquely you're uniquely situated with an incredible, like nationally known fantasy football podcast. You could do it. Fantasy daycare trademark audio ver verbal trademark. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on that, but yeah, okay. I mean, we got universal daycare. I think we should just get universal um, fantasy lineup help. Okay, <laughs> fantasy care. Can we vote on that? Anyway, next, next week, really hoping a better. I'm I'm looking for some better output for my my big muscly boys, all, all my favorite teams. Um, let's go, all 22. Let's do it. Okay, thank you, to everyone. We'll who check emailed. in next week. Yeah. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, Restrictions all apply. See website for details. We got some more emails. Um, I just want to read. Last week we had an email from we got an email from Miles, and then I called him kilometers. And then yeah. we were doing a green room, and he was commenting and explaining that like I actually triggered memories. Apparently, he was bullied as a kid by people who called him kilometers. And I just wanted Thanks, to read the email that he sent. It seemed jovial though. It seemed I know, light. but he just says. So this is from Miles, obviously. He says, My name is Miles Greenspoon, and though I live in America, I spent two summers at a sleepaway camp in Canada. 
And at eight years old, on my first ever day of camp, nearly 500 miles from home, one of my bunkmates yelled, your name's Miles? We don't have miles in Canada. Your name's Kilometers. Which is I love that kids, classic. Kids, kids definitely get sad about that like shit too. Well, he's like, <laughs> I like, emphatically replied that yeah. my name is not kilometers. My name is Miles Greenspoon. And a different kid heard my last <laughs> name and said Greenspoon, more like Purple Fork. Oh. And everyone else perspe- proceeded to spend it. the entire summer calling me kilometers Purple Fork. Purple Fork is like honestly that kid, the perfect combination of color and utensil put together, like making fun of Greenspoon. Purple Fork is the perfect name. Craig is just like lauding this bully. He's just thinking this bully is the best thing. Well, ever. like imagine if he tried. He said like yellow knife. It just doesn't hit. Purple fork. He nailed it. Purple he fork nailed is it. funny. I mean, he probably should have said yellow knife because isn't that like a city in Alaska or Canada or something? Anyway, yellow knife. I'm gonna look that up while you guys are talking. Go ahead and continue. Yellow, you mean yellow I just stone? Made that up. Yes, I've heard of yellow stone knife. It's Jesus I, Christ. <laughs> sorry. Um, also, it'd be bad if he thought Yellowstone was in Alaska. Yellowknife is the capital city and largest community in the Northwest Territories, Canada. Suck no it. shit. What yeah. the hell? I'll go I just myself. made that, that up. That was incredible. <laughs> you think a Canadian would have gone with Yellowknife? I thought you I'm were saying. so wrong. Wow. Anyway. Dad knowledge. That's crazy. Dad knowledge. I have such extensive geography knowledge. Honestly, Kilo. Kilo is kind of a cool nickname. Kilo, yeah. Well, key. Yeah, Kilo. Dude, wow. That's what you got to do. That's how you beat bullies. You run with it. I like that. Yeah. Let's call this guy Kilo from now on. Okay. Hey, Miles, go by Kilo. Yeah, go by Key. It's kind of badass. Key, Kilo. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fantasy court. All right. It's from HG. I write to you today under the most grim of circumstances. Our league has gone through many battles with our commissioner. Let's call him P. In which he has used the gray area dis- his gray area discretion to expand the reach of his power. <laughs> Jesus. First came Maidgate. Where an alleged maid stole the winnings from that year from the death. Shut so the winner, up. me, went unpaid. Maidgate? What? Maidgate. Incredible. A maid stole the winnings? Like the literal cash? Put it in a that fucking is bank, the alleged, guy. Alleged uh, story. <laughs> you ever heard of Venmo? Damn. <laughs> Several more instances of changing league settings and trade vetoes when convenient. Never sat right with the league, but we remained loyal. Enter Sunday. The commissioner proposed a trade to someone last Monday involving a three-player swap. Dalvin, Julio Jones, Stafford for Saquon, Cooper Cup, and Mike Evans. On Sunday, the trade was still open, and the person accepted the commissioner's offer during the Sunday Night Football game, only to be immediately overridden by the commissioner. Who so sent the commissioner the trade. proposed that it was accepted, and then the commissioner d- vetoed it. The league policy on trades to this point was that any trade is auto-processed by the commissioner, barring obvious collusion. The commissioner has the sole power to judge what collusion is, and in that instance, use the veto. By leaving his trade offer open through the weekend and then overriding because of a personal preference, commissioner has directly violated our sacred agreement. This has left us in a league-wide civil war. Some are voting for censure. Some are voting for outright removal. What does censure even mean? (laughs) Censure is when you like criticize somebody. Censure it? It's like is, an official, like you got a slap on the wrist. Yeah, it's an expression of strong disapproval or harsh criticism. There but in go. parliamentary procedure, it is debatable. Uh, you can vote on it to censure, like you can censure the president. Okay. I mean, we got to do more than that. Yeah. Also, some sought to push through the trade, even though the commissioner bullied the trade partner into withdrawing the offer altogether. Sounds like a cover up. So in short, me and my bros are in a bit of a mess right now. Do you think you give us some insights here on the pod as to how to proceed in the situation and general advice on how to deal with a tyrannical commissioner? I mean, look, I was I was I was all in favor of removing the commissioner the minute I heard that he didn't pay someone the money when they won the league. Like, get him out of here. <laughs> what if it was stolen though? I mean, dude, that's why you keep it in a fucking bank or like keep it electronic. I don't know. Quick spark notes here. So he proposed a trade the guy accepted and then the next day was like jk i don't want to do it so anymore. he proposed it on monday and then the games happened on sunday and he, he the guy accepted it on sunday night so to be clear like there's an added element here there's the squishy commissioner and then there's the fact of like he accepted a trade that was left open and then the games are being played now no one it's, it's cooper cup went off and then the guy took the trade it was like wow the guy offered me cooper cup i should take this trade right and dalvin didn't play 
Exactly. Julio played like shit. Having said that, if anyone should know not to leave a trade open during the window, it's the commissioner. Well, when was the trade accepted? So he proposed it last Monday. Like and six he accepted days later. It, he accepted it after Sunday night. Is that what we're saying? Yes. After all the games is or when dur- he accepted no, it. No, during the games. I, I followed up for the discovery process. So the commissioner was like, cool, I will take this trade midday. And then the, and then after the games was like, just kidding, I don't want to do it anymore. No, 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 no. It was proposed on Monday after week two and then accepted on Sunday of week three. And then he and then he revoked it when? And then like immediately. Like he was like, nope, veto trade. Like during the I game. I think this that's fine. Here, here's that's the deal. Okay. Like, I you don't like the okay? idea. Why is I don't it like okay? the fact yeah. I don't like the fact that this guy didn't pay out. Like when you, I, I feel like when you, when you're DK's the really stuck DK, on this yeah, you're stuck on prior court case. <laughs> he won the league and he and no one ever paid him. Like you just gave all this money to this guy at the beginning of the year and then he just kept it or it well, was maybe stolen. he kept it for a day or two. Like it was stolen. Whatever. I don't believe that. However, I, I'm just stuck on Maidgate. However, I do agree. Like accepting a trade number one during games or whatever in this in this exact scenario is a bit weird but also like if, if the trade's been on the table for like a week typically i would just reach out to that person and be like hey still want to do this and then accept it you know what i mean if it's been out there for like a while i do kind of think that's like a little bit of uh i don't know what the word is like well i think that's it's clearly sketchy you're saying like the statute of the of limitations it's clearly on a sketchy trade. to like accept the trade midday but that's there's two questions here <laughs> right. one is is it like kosher to accept a trade that's proposed during game day which generally speaking that's like a real gray area obviously if like that you know if if one of the if cooper cup towards acl in that and that gets accepted like that changes yeah, things yeah, yeah. oh sure, yeah sure, okay sure. so that's yeah that's kind of what i mean like you know what i mean like Things have changed since this trade was sent. But to me, this is a completely, that's one, that's a whole conversation. There's a second conversation here, which is about the abuse of power, which is much, this is about the reach (laughs) of the executive office, which is a far more expansive power. And like the commissioner doesn't, if the commissioner is the person rejecting the trade, he can't unilaterally make that decision. The obvious thing to do is, hey guys, this trade was accepted during game day, that's not really how we do things, but it's my trade that I offered, so I'm going to put it to a poll because I'm not a We got to hold the commissioner to a higher standard than everyone else. This is what I do as the commissioner in my league. If two people want to make a trade and I see it pending on Yahoo, I text them individually and I say, hey, Logan, do you want to trade these three guys to Brian? And he says, yes. And then I go to Brian and say, hey, Brian, do you want to trade these three guys to Logan? He says, yes. Then I tell the league and I hit accept. Technically, the commissioner was just saying no. The commissioner proposed this trade. Six days later, this guy accepts the trade. So it's pending on Yahoo. So then he would go to the guy and say, hey, do you want to do this trade? That guy clearly said yes because he accepted it. And then he went back to himself, the commissioner, and said, do I want to go through this trade? That's, and he said but no. That, that, that's, what's the purpose, though, of you going to those guys? To make sure that like they didn't click a wrong button, everything's normal. Okay, you know what I mean? exactly like it. That's that's the underlying logic. It's not the hey, last chance. Do you want to undo this? No, you agreed on it. That you're just doing your due diligence to say that you didn't buy a pack of beer for the guy and you didn't like someone's logged in a computer. The commissioner offered it. Obviously, he wanted to do it. It's regret. You can't use a formal process that's entrusted to you as a public servant. You can't then turn around and use it for personal gain. <laughs> what? Are you yeah, but about? like it, it was it was six days later. Like, what if he had texted this the, guy? Don't the leave trade? a trade offer open for a week. It's football. That's stupid. When does the trade go through? I would argue you have until then to to veto it. The trade goes through. Immediately. I'm stunned that you think it could. You're basically saying a commissioner can veto a trade they made. I bet you it doesn't go through until Tuesday. Mm. It waits till the week is but over Craig, for it to I guess go through. It, 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 to me, the length of time is irrelevant. If a commissioner offers you a trade and you accept it, the commissioner can't veto it if the history of the veto is solely for collusion. I guess I don't agree with that rule then. I think anybody should be allowed to veto a trade before it goes through if they don't want it. You shouldn't be able to catch somebody in a bad trade because the game started and Dalvin Cook didn't play and Cup went off and then you go, great, now this trade no longer means what it used to have meant six days ago. Like, I don't think that's fair. Like, the commissioner could be like, yeah, I said that six days ago. I don't want to do it anymore. Just because you said yes, who gives a shit? I think it's totally fine for him to say, I no longer want to do this trade. I get what you're saying. There's gray area because the games were being played. But the fact that this commissioner has like the history of like 
weird decisions means it's very simple. You should be transparent and bring this to the group and be like, hey, here's why I did this. You owe people an explanation. You can't veto your own trade that you offered because you changed your mind. I, I mean, I guess. I mean, yeah, I guess I would have texted the group being like, hey, guys, I sent this six days ago. I no longer want to do this trade. I guess here's the thing. We always talk about why you should veto a trade because we're always like, if you're like, I don't think it should be up to the masses because ultimately people are like, just your job is to run your own team. Your job's like, like the only, like in real sports, trades never get fucking vetoed. Like the other teams don't get to veto it. The only thing got vetoed was Chris Paul because the league owned the Hornets and like that was weird. That's it. It's collusion. However, Craig here is basically saying that like there's another one, which is Craig if you check here. in and someone changed their mind because <laughs> they got roasted the group chat, they can just undo it. I think that's bullshit. If you get, ro you shouldn't get roasted by your friends in the group chat and get to change your mind. If this was not the commissioner, if it was two other people, and the guy accepted the trade six days after it was proposed during Sunday. And that guy went to the commissioner and was like, hey, I, I don't, I no longer want to do this. And the commissioner was like, let me check in with both people. One says, yeah, I still want to do this. The other says, no, I don't want to do this. Do you think they should be like, well, that guy clicked accept. So yes. you're screwed, dude. You clicked accept. No, I, I don't. That's accepting a no. trade. That's a contract. Also, by the way, I think it's an important detail in this that the other person, the trade partner of the commissioner withdrew his trade request. I mean, regardless, he maybe was bullied into it, but like he's not fighting this too hard. It's the other guys in the league who are like, this trade has to go through. Uh, you saying witch hunt vibes. You're saying that this know. is the moment. Look, I think, take this, I think guy this, this, this commissioner is you're little, the this commissioner's a little suspect to me. However, doing something like this six days later, I kind of do kind of understand that. I think that we should probably, they should probably not push the trade through, censure the shit out of this guy, say one more one more screw up, pal, and you're out. I'm um, fine. Censure the shit out of yeah. them. But if a trade wow. happens during Sunday football, after six days of sitting on the open market, I think it makes a little bit of sense to recheck in with the guys and be like, are you still cool with this trade? Yeah. I think it's like etiquette. It's kind of like etiquette to be like, hey, you still feel like you want to do this trade? Yeah, okay, we'll do it. I'm fine with I'm fine with trades at any time as long as both people in the moment are cool with it. Yeah. Not catching somebody off guard because they forgot. <laughs> like, that's stupid. <laughs> This is this is ridiculous. Like my my whole point is like, are both people happy with the trade? If the answer is no, then fucking don't let it happen. But, but if you <laughs> if this was with you, would you just veto it and then like peace? No, like that's not cool. I, they that, need that, to have that's a. That's the point. But I I think the overarching spirit of this rule, they should change their rules. And they just should be change like, the listen. commissioner because they're emailing us being like, "Fuck this guy." You clearly <laughs> need to change your commissioner. Maybe get him out of there because he's just vetoing shit on his own when he doesn't like something. But I still think that you should set up a system where anytime a trade is accepted, you have to, the commissioner still has to hit like, I approve. That guy should go to each person in the moment and say, are you cool with this trade? If they both say yes, then it goes through. Yeah, there's probably just deeper issues. I think yeah. bottom line, in my, per, in my personal opinion, if a trade was sent like a week ago, it's good fantasy etiquette before you accept a trade to go, hey, did you still want to do this trade before you hit accept? A week, like a week later, I think that's, I think that's just good etiquette. And all scenarios, just check in with the two guys even if a trade's been accepted online. You yeah. never know. Somebody could have clicked the wrong thing, added the wrong guy. Just check in with them. I'm, I mean, people might get mad about that like as a technicality, like, oh, he sent the trade. But like, I think it's good etiquette. It's polite. Just do it. The letter of the law versus the spirit of the rule. I think this is the spirit of the rule. There we go. I, I'm more focused on the executive. Uh, Heifetz is just like, he the, wants to stomp Stop! I have it's just like, cutthroat. <laughs> I just have no tolerance for law and order. Power. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's going around too much in the water these days. The, you can do you can change in the commissioner tools like how long a trade can last before it expires. Maybe change that so it can't sit there for a week. All right. I th this is a this that is, was no, the most is, contentious fantasy Jesus, court I've ever had. Jesus, the court is split. Well, wait, wait. Didn't we not do a good job here? Like we have to give these people advice. I said censure. I vote for for heavy censure. Yeah, oh, the leak, the so commissioner's my, censured, okay. but the trade is not to yeah. be pushed through. I mean, it's, look, if yeah. the guy who accept, uh, originally accepted the trade like wants to get hardcore about this, that's different, but he he withdrew it, so. All right. That's what I'm saying. All right, well, that's all. Wow, wow feisty. Okay, that's all we got. That's Wednesday Power Hour. <laughs> we'll be back on Friday with some prop bets. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you to everyone who suggested all 22. Thank you to... Uh, <laughs> yeah, do we want to thank them, Kilometers actually? Purple Fork. <laughs> thank you to HG. Yellow, yellow Knife. Thank you to Yellowknife. Thank you, Lorne. Lorne. Thank you, UB40. Ooh, red wine. Red, red wine. <laughs> you know that song, Heifetz? No. Are you serious? What?
I this is like know. the top. It's like a top ten like wedding song. I probably do. I don't know the I don't know the name of songs. Well, even if it's doing that, or even DK doing that little jingle, you would have you would have you would have recognized it. Do do more. Go, of it. go look it up. Red red wine. Red red wine. That's the whole song. <laughs> okay, well then. No, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Oh man. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>